hello and welcome to Shiny Objects. I'm Elise Mason here with Jamie King. You are about to hear the last episode we recorded in 2020, which was supposed to be about finish lines and intentions, you know, New Year's themes, but turned out to be about releasing guilt, practicing for scary conversations, flossing, and mac and cheese. We also give you a little peek into some habits that were private to us until, well, now. Thanks for being here, and Happy New Year. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hi, Jamie. (laughs) This is our last recording of 2020, and I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's so nice to just bid adieu, sayonara, (laughs) goodbye, adios, all those different words to say goodbye to 2020 feels really nice and welcome a new year (laughs) which could be a lot of the same (laughs) I know I'm still holding this flame of hope that things will be the overall picture of 2021 is going to be a rosier one I hope so I really hope so I think we all need that at least a rosier picture if not completely rosy house, at least a picture on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all get new art. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) New art. Oh, that sounds nice. Speaking of art, since the pandemic forced me to actually work from home, even though I've technically worked from home forever, I have been rearranging and rearranging my little office space. And I think I finally found an arrangement that is like working for me. I'm happy with where it is after months of tinkering. So that kind of feels like new art. I'm like, oh, this space is what I want it to be. That does feel like new art. And I'm so glad. I often am tinkering and rearranging in the office space. But now I share it with Casey so that it feels a little bit more restricted in terms of actually moving things. We've figured out a really good balance in our little office space together but there are still days where I catch myself side-eyeing and he catches himself pacing behind my desk. So I imagine <laughs> I'll still be working on that in 2021. <laughs> so I think I told you probably months ago at this point that I've been re-watching The Office during the mm-hmm. pandemic, mm-hmm. which is still hilarious. Still so good. But one of my favorite little sketches in it is when Jim just completely removes Dwight's desk. So like... Dwight comes into work in the morning and his desk and all of his things are just missing. That's so good. And so I feel like you could do that to Casey some morning if you'd really hit your limit with the pacing or something. (laughs) Although it'd be really hard to do because he's also in the house. (laughs) It's like, how do you even have time to do that sort of office prank when everybody's always here? (laughs) I know. And where would you even put it? (laughs) Where would you put it? Yeah, exactly. In the car. in the car in the rain in my truck bed uh, that might be a little bit meaner than you actually intentioned <laughs> I think it might not work out in my favor because then I'd have a sopping wet desk coming back in the house and just needs more cleanup which I do not need in my life right oh now oh my gosh oh my gosh do you know what happened to us this is a continuation of my petty bitching from the last two episodes we recorded <laughs> but our dishwasher broke <gasps> Oh, God. And because of COVID or the holidays, I don't know, we couldn't get a repair appointment for two weeks. 
So they're coming next week. But, oh my God, I thought that I spent my life doing dishes, and now I actually spend my life doing dishes. Oh God, I feel for you. I didn't have a dishwasher for a lot of my life, like my adult life, okay, living in San Francisco, and it felt like the most luxurious thing to be able to stick a dish in a dishwasher when I moved to Portland six years ago. And oh my God, I now I can't imagine life without it. So I feel you. I'm just using it as an excuse to get more takeout because I can't handle more dishes. And you're supporting small business. <laughs> I'm just being a good human, you guys. Hashtag good citizen. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> hashtag good citizen is what I hashtagged myself for making the choice to poop in my own pants versus in someone's yard or on the <laughs> If you feel really good about me equating you to that, then... Yeah, I think good citizenry takes all different forms and shapes. And we just got to celebrate every instance of it. My takeout habit is a good segue for my unimportant, important news, which is since we moved to Austin six years ago, we have been trying barbecue all over the place. And I'll apologize right now because this is not a vegetarian-friendly update. (laughs) So good thing you're so laid back about meat talk (laughs) and meat consumption. But anyway, we've been trying barbecue here and there. There's lots of spots around town and just outside of town. And it's been fun learning our way around the region and trying barbecue along the way. And all this time I've appreciated it, but I don't really have a sophisticated barbecue palette. So I pretty much like all of it. And I don't really notice any difference between this really good one versus this one that's even better. I'm always like, okay, someone says this one's the best, but it tastes like the other one to me. So whatever, I enjoy all of it. And then finally, we were able to get takeout from the most famous place right in town, which is called Franklin Barbecue. And pre-pandemic, you'd have to get there at seven in the morning and then wait in this really long line. And they would usually sell out before you even got to the front. So it was this whole ordeal to get Franklin. So we just never did it because we never had a day where we wanted to spend all morning waiting in line just to maybe be disappointed. But now because of the pandemic, they'll actually let you order online if you get a huge amount and you order several weeks in advance. So long story short, we got Franklin today. And, oh my God, it is the best brisket I've ever tasted. And now I get it. And I'm like, oh, this is categorically different from all the other barbecue I've tried. This is amazing. So it was this truly life-changing epiphany of a brisket lunch. And yeah, I'm sold. That's awesome. I've been converted. I love it. It's like, yeah, it's just mind-blowingly good where you can tell the actual difference. Because I feel that way sometimes too. My partner has a burger account um, on Instagram (laughs) where he reviews burgers, but only locally because he's very strict about his rules. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't know how you sometimes just know. I don't know. Sometimes doesn't it just taste like every other burger and or the sauce, the cheese, the fixings, don't those kind of overpower any other part of it where it's hard to decipher like what is actually good about it. And maybe that's just me and my sort of burger naivety, but I always feel that way. And I'm always like, good for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I just find that would be like really hard to do. I don't know. You know, it's what you like when you like it. But I think when something you like is because you like something else and you like the next thing, it's like hard to like decide, was that really better than the other thing? Or was this moment just better than the other moment that I was yeah. doing? Or was I hungrier? Or I don't know. At least that's where my brain goes with that kind of thing. Exactly. And I think that's a lot of times that's how I evaluate food is also by that overall experience. Mm-hmm. So I knew today when Nathan brought this home and I half looked up from my computer and he's like, you really need to try this while it's still hot. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't really want to eat right now. It was the anti-experience. And then I take the first bite and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is what everyone's been talking about. I get it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, so, so I, but I totally agree with you. I think with most foods, even things that I really love, like coffee, I'm often like, okay, a good cup of coffee from here and a good cup of coffee from there. Yeah, I, I like all of it. I'm not going to like really be able to say this one's objectively so much better. Yes. Yeah. But today it reminded me that, no, when something's truly that much better, you will know. I like that. And I love that you had that experience of something that you went in with very low expectations or even not the anti-experience piece of it makes it even more fun because it's, yeah, you got your mind blown <laughs> for something you didn't even expect to be that thrilled about. So that's fun. That's a silver lining. Thanks, silver lining of 2020. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks so <laughs> Gosh, I, I had some unimportant news, but I think on a related note, that just reminded me of an experience I had recently with macaroni and cheese. And because it feels so relatable to barbecue, I feel like it's a side for barbecue often. And maybe it's not in Texas. I don't really know, but it feels right. So we, I I realized I hadn't had just straight up mac and cheese in a really long time. And I really enjoy mac and cheese. Um, I like it in all forms, like homemade, out of the box, with the squeezy cheese packets. Like, I'll eat it in any form. Like, mm-hmm. I like it. I'm fine with the processed cheese. I'm fine with the good cheese. I feel like there's a place for craft and there's a place for the oven-baked stuff and, yeah, and all the fancy ones. And, uh, yeah, I feel fine about that. But I just, for whatever reason, hadn't had it in a while. And now I've had it twice in the matter of a week, which I'm totally grateful for. But the first one was mind-blowingly good. And it was takeout from this place that I have been just loving on. So I'm giving a Portland shout out, who knew, to Farmer and the Beast. It's this food cart that we've been getting takeout from and they have an incredible veggie burger. And I have been struggling to find a veggie burger that I really love here. But even more surprisingly, they have the most incredible salad. It's mind-blowingly good kale salad. And you look at it and you're like, no, it's not going to be wonderful, whatever. And it is phenomenal. I can't wait for when you can be here and visit so I can take you there to get a burger and a salad. And if they have it, although I think this might be special menu thing, their truffle mac and cheese. We got that as part of our holidays alone. (laughs) Let's do a really good takeout night. And we got burgers and they weren't doing salads for their holiday menu. So we got a side of their truffle mac and cheese and it was not truffle oil. It was actual truffle in the mac and cheese. 
I didn't want to stop eating it. Casey looked over at one point and he was like, please do not eat it all because I was just shoveling it in my mouth (laughs) and I I wanted to share it with him, but I also did not. And it was a large portion. And then Casey ended up making mac and cheese um, this week. And so I've been enjoying some mac and cheese leftovers (laughs) and I am not hating it. I'm like, gosh, mac and cheese is delicious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am all about that whole menu and I can't wait to come. Well, for lots of reasons, I can't wait to come visit you, but I am so there for that dinner. (laughs) I can't wait for you to come visit either. And also to have that dinner with you because this place is just blowing my mind and everything I've tried so far, I have liked. So shout out to them. Mm. And also really pleased because I know finding a really good salad in Portland has also been a gap, right? Yes. Yes. Portland loves food, but Portland does not necessarily do salads well. Like a casual takeout type salad, I've found really hard to come by, like a good one, not like a mm-hmm. couple shreds of lettuce with a few tomatoes and some, you know, shredded carrots. And so, yeah, this salad is special and it's good and I would pay for it again and again. My partner would pay for it again and again. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's the real endorsement. <laughs> yes. He likes it a lot also. But actually, my important news and I apologize for having more, but you inspired my macaroni and cheese thoughts today. I was going to share with you, and this is probably not that important or exciting for anybody but me, and I feel like in some ways I need to make this my unimportant, important news today because it is the end of a really hard year, and it is the end of a year where I feel like I am so pissed off at the year, and I feel battered. But also, and I, and I hate to say this because it sounds like yuck. It sounds a little bit yuck, but I'm a little bit thankful for it also. It's really inspired me to grow and it's forced me to grow and it's forced me to change. And I think embracing all of those things has been really powerful both professionally and personally. So I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back as my unimportant, important news to say that after avoiding tough conversations about finances with my very finance focused husband, who is an accountant and who loves to talk about these things. After a lot of avoidance and a lot of my resistance to those conversations, I initiated, sat down, was an adult, talked to him about it. And I feel really light and refreshed because of it. And I feel like it's an opportunity for change or growth in a really good way for both of us for moving forward. And then also for myself, like just to do it and be like, I'm an adult, I can have these conversations with people. (laughs) So yeah, I'm patting myself on the back today. And also, I know that it won't be the last conversation like that, or something I resist or something I don't like. But I think it is a good way to remind me that you have to just keep doing those things and putting yourself in those positions and starting those kinds of conversations, how difficult or scary or vulnerable they might be. Yeah, that's my news today. Oh my gosh. Huge pat on the back to you. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm patting myself on the back. And people probably are like, yeah, I do that all the time with my partner. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, money, talking about finances is always such an emotional and hard thing to do. And major kudos to you for starting it, doing it. And also how great that it left you feeling better than before. It's like, it's a weight off and it's a feeling of, and I think we were going to talk about today that the work is 
never done, that you're always moving towards something. I think the idea that there's not a finish line for life, there is. (laughs) (laughs) That's not life. Um, (laughs) So I think that in some ways, having that kind of conversation, it's been thinking about it as I wrap up a year, it reminds me of that very thing. Like you have to keep moving forward and growth and change and getting through those obstacles, those challenges, or the things that you avoid the most are sometimes the things that help you continue and move on. And and it doesn't mean that I don't have to have those conversations in the future or that they won't be hard. It just means that it's a reminder that we have to do that stuff. It's because A, I'm an adult, but B, because it's important for growth and change and moving forward. <laughs> like the training that we do with our bodies, practicing those kinds of conversations and showing up for them just makes future ones a little bit easier. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think the more you open any of those avenues up for yourself, the easier it gets over time. And for this, I actually practiced. So maybe this is a good (laughs) tip for anybody that needs to have some kind of hard conversation. In a way, I practiced with a couple of my friends. And I've never really done that before, just openly talked about money and finances, etc. with friends. But two people that I trust immensely. And I, we were running on both occasions and I was just like, here, this is what's going on. And I'm going to be open about it. And I have to have this conversation with Casey and, and I don't like having these conversations and I'm really bad at having these conversations, but I practiced it. And, and I felt really good because I also got some feedback and one of my friends very delicately and nicely said to me, you might want to phrase that part differently. And I was like, oh, and so it gave me some time to think about how certain things might sound. And that was really nice to have a sounding board. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's a great idea (laughs) to work out some of that anxiety and some of the script (laughs) with Uh confidants. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, confidants, like those people you confide in. I I totally thought you said confidants, like confidence, but fancy. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that is a new one. (laughs) I forgot a word confidant existed. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you're about to be like, at least that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, I almost was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, no. Um, yeah, that's great. This is, this is the sleepless and this coming out of me right now as my son is decided to not sleep. And I think I've talked about it because it's been going on for a month. But yeah, so I'm feeling especially tired today. We had a, a rough evening last night and yeah, it's just one of them days. <laughs> so confidants. <laughs> I was teaching one time it was in 2019 I think because it was in a room full of students and I was instructing students to raise their hands up overhead and I go and now raise your hands and I was like what why did that Hans like what what did they just say and then for probably two weeks after that first instance of it it kept happening And then people were reminding me that it was happening and I was mortified, but also I was like, I can't stop it. I don't know where it's coming from. (laughs) Confidence made me think of Hans. (laughs) Like, what? Who am I? When I hear Hans, I just think of the character in Frozen. (laughs) Hans, yeah. Raise your hands. (laughs) I don't mean the person, I mean your hands. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Bad. So good. So we're talking about finish lines and there's no finish lines for anything except life, apparently. And I'm curious, do you remember 
any of the goals or intentions or whatever you want to call it you set for 2020? Whew. Um, no. <laughs> uh, do you? No. I remember having a conversation about it. This is funny. I So I did like a New Year's Day run January 1st, 2020, and then with two girlfriends. And then we went and did a polar bear plunge in Barton Springs. And I remember what my two friends' intentions or goals were, but I have no memory of my own. And the reason I remember one of my friends is because she had decided for 2020 that she was going to be more adventurous. Oh. And that started with our polar bear plunge. She was like, this is a great way to start off my adventurous year. And then obviously her planned year of adventure really didn't pan out the way that she was hoping. <laughs> so yeah. it's a funny, sad, funny, lol sob intention. So Deborah, sorry, girl, maybe this year. But I can't remember at all anything that I was thinking about a year ago. I have a feeling I know what mine was because I know where my brain was in 2019 heading into 2020. I was thinking a lot about my listening skills at that time. I kind of remember this and having received feedback a long time ago from Casey that I could be better when I'm listening, be more active in listening or let people know that I'm listening and know that I was thinking about that a lot because you're never done with that. You've got to keep working at things. And so I think it was on my mind to get better at it. And so I have a feeling it was something to do with that, but I honestly can't tell you with 100% confidence um, <laughs> that it is, that it was that. And uh, yeah, I feel like I remember a lot of other people's but not with specificity, but I remember hearing a lot about more adventure. And I, I think there's always room for that, but I think maybe it hits a little bit different <laughs> going into the new year because there was so much fear, I think collectively this year. And I think it was hard to feel like you could be in any way, shape or form fearless, so to speak, or at least that feels really distant for me. And so I imagine yeah, that is not going to be my intention going into 2021 because <laughs> I just don't think it's possible for me at this current time to feel like I could walk into the year without any sort of fear strings attached. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Are you thinking about intentions or I don't know what you want to call them things for 2021? Huh. Not yet. Maybe, maybe not ever. I'm feeling like I'm in that mode of survival. <laughs> I want to go into the year with that mindset that we survive it. And also with a little bit of laced with some optimism and some hope that things get better, at least collectively, if not on the day-to-day -day individual side. So I don't know. It's going to be really, I think it's just going to be a really hard new year to be like, I have an intention for myself this year. I did write something down. We did this really lovely intention setting workshop just this earlier this week with my friend Scratch. Shout out to Scratch. He's at Oregonic.yoga on Insta if you want to stalk him. He told us his really beautiful story and had us write down two goals and then turn those things into intentions. And I wrote down, I will embrace this change. And I'm not sure exactly in the moment why I wrote that down, but it felt really 
appropriate. And then the more I thought about it and noodled over it and then listened actually to another episode with Laura Williams on grief, where she basically doing just that, like embracing change and starting to meet things with less resistance and just like more acceptance, uh, even the hard things. I felt like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a secret sauce, right? That's what you hope to do. It's like, you have to just be fluid and embrace the things that are coming and try not to like get so attached to, to what you're used to or to the things that you think you need or want, but rather be like, okay, this is happening and now I have to adapt. Change is okay. Like I can be okay. I like to hold on to things sometimes too tightly. And this year has forced me to let go of a lot of that stuff. And so I think maybe that's why I wrote that down. And so whether or not that's my intention, I feel like it's at least something I can lean a little bit more heavily into and just remind myself that change is good. Change is healthy. Change is inevitable. And you can't really just spend your life like resisting it or being afraid of it. And I will still resist some of it and be afraid of it and need to be talked off ledges, I'm sure. But but I'm at least like acknowledging <laughs> that's an area where I need a little growth. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I think I'm approaching this year in a similar way in that I don't feel ready to make any anything that feels like any kind of plan for 2021. I really still feel like this is survival mode. And I'm looking forward to making more concrete intentions or goals when it feels like we're coming out of this cave that we've been in. One thing that I have been doing though, that is a good thing that's come out of 2020 for me and that I'm going to keep doing as long as this sort of extended winter of 2020 lasts and hopefully beyond is there's a few micro habits that I've really built this year that I am very proud of myself for. They're just little things like I floss now. <laughs> I am a person who flosses and I read at least one page in a real physical book every night before bed. It's the last thing I do before bed. And literally one, some nights it's, I am fighting to stay awake for one page and other nights I read much longer. And every day when I do it, I give myself a little pat on the back and I'm like, yeah, you just flossed again. So I'm really appreciating those micro celebrations of doing one really simple little thing and knowing that it's also adding up to bigger, longer term rewards too. That makes so much sense to me. And I love those micro habits for so many reasons. A, I love flossing. Um, As we talked about on our last episode. I do love flossing. B, I would like to also adopt your micro habit of reading a page every night. However, I'm going to give myself some grace on adopting that habit for at least this short term while my son has decided to take a hiatus from sleep because I just, there's just not, there's just not room for it, to be honest, with my current situation. That would feel like an act of resistance that feels unnecessary and too hard. So I'm not going to do that now, but I like the idea. And I would like to adopt that at some point when I feel like sleep is back in our futures. But yeah, I'm with you. Survival mode and little habits. And I think it's interesting. I think if we think of finish lines, we all think of racing, right? Who doesn't? It's interesting because when we talk about there being no finish lines, there, and I'm not telling this to the world. And I always struggle with when I do it on 
New Year's Eve day or New Year's day or whenever the hell I talk about it again, but not to toot my own horn, but just to say a micro habit that I have, whether you can call it a micro habit or just a habit or whatever, or a compulsion, I don't know, tick, I'm not sure, but I have run, knock on wood, I think I will have run every single day for two years at the end of December on December 31st. And, and that, that means and for me, it's a mile at least. And sometimes that also can count hiking with a toddler. There are those days and it can mean whatever it needs to mean. And sometimes it's a lot of mileage and sometimes it's that just one barely scraping by and sometimes it's creative and, but it is what it is. And I'm not doing it because I'm, I, people every time, like last year when I said, oh, I ran for a whole year every day people were really sweet congratulating congratulating it and telling me all these things and then oh there's an app or somewhere you can log this and you can get all these things and I was like okay that's not what I'm trying to do with this for me it's not necessarily something that I feel like I need to compete or I need to tally up the total number of days or I need to remind people that I'm doing it's more just this thing that kind of keeps me steady in a way and I know I've talked at too much length about how fitness is so much more for me than just that getting stronger physically piece. It's really like that getting stronger and staying strong mentally piece and feeling stable and feeling grounded. And I think for me, it's just this habit that if I just do it and I make it so that it's a non-negotiable in my day, that I always feel like there's this constant, there's something that I can lean into and on that just won't change. When everything else keeps changing, I just keep doing that thing. I'm going to run at least a mile today. doesn't matter where I am doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm going to get that mile done some way, somehow. (laughs) And sometimes that means I'm up super early in the morning. Sometimes that means I'm doing weird loops around the neighborhood because I'm in a time crunch. Sometimes it means I'm like running while my kid is scooting. (laughs) But it's just something that I can do for myself. A little nod to myself every single day. Check it off. Okay, did that thing. (laughs) Okay, did that thing. It feels like something that I will likely continue And I'm sure run coaches and people would probably tell you it's not good to run every single day. And hey, coaches, I hear you, but I'm not doing this for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole mood right there. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not doing it for you, but I'm also not doing it for anybody else. I'm not even doing it for recognition. I'm not like run streak day number, whatever, 600. I don't even care. I don't even want to do the math. That feels hard in the moment, <laughs> which I know it's not really hard, but I don't know why I can't sleep, no sleep. And if people notice or they care, or they want to comment on it, that's fine. But I don't need celebration or recognition or any of those things. And also, I don't need somebody to tell me, oh, but you hiked that day or whatever. <laughs> Your rules do not apply to my one mile a day running every day. Um, it's my rules because it's my thing. And I'm the only one tracking it. And honestly, I'm the only one that should care about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that idea of something that you have that's a constant, no matter what else is in flux. And also, I really love the way you phrase it as it's just a nod to yourself. I think there's so much of our lives right now that are forced into public. And I think it's so nice to hold some things a little bit closer. And with none of the expectation or strings attached, like I know there's people that hashtag run streak. Ah, they love to announce it to the world and they probably track it and they have all these rules behind it. 
I'm happy for you. I just, but I don't want all of that. I don't want to have another thing that I have to feel some pressure around. I just want it to be this thing that I do. I literally like the routine of it. It's like the flossing or the, the reading a page of a book at night. It's very grounding and just, okay, I did the thing that I needed to do today. Green check mark. If all else fails, I ran a mile or more. Yes, of course, there are days where I'm like, God, damn it, I don't want to run today. I don't even want to do a mile because I'm human and I'm normal and whatever. But then when I actually go do it and then I'm like, oh, I could run three. And I get those adrenaline and that feeling. And then I get back and I'm like, okay, I did that thing. Check. And, and it's whatever else I fail at during the day, <laughs> doesn't matter. I did that thing. <laughs> oh yeah. I so get that. I do track my flossing and my reading and a couple other random little things like that. Where do you track them? Not because I want to follow, but I'm just curious what you use to track. Oh yeah. No. And you can't even follow. It's a totally private thing. It's an app called Strides oh. and you just literally check off. Oh, I did this thing. You set your own little goals or whatever. And so every day I go through, it's part of my bedtime routine. I go through and I check off all the things I did. And it's so pleasing and nobody sees it except for me. I don't think I've even told anyone until right now that I use this or that I do this, but I just check my boxes and then I'm like, look at all these things I accomplished today. And like I said, they're little things, but it makes me feel good. And it's a nice way to cap off a day, no matter how otherwise like unproductive or shitty or frustrating that day might've been. I'm like, look, I have three green check marks. Ha ha. I 100%. Yeah, I totally relate. I like, I love that. And I love that you have an app that's just for you. I did that while I was pregnant. And the reason I asked about the app is I was like, oh my God, I wonder if she's using the app, the random app that I was using. When I was pregnant, I was counting the amount of tacos that I ate. And I had really intended to get to at least a hundred and I fell short by about 12. But I liked tracking. That was just fun. It was like something to check off. Like, oh, I ate another taco. <laughs> really big goals over here taco eating. That's so great to just celebrate little fun things like tacos. Like I might need to add in a habit that's even less serious than flossing and reading. Like all the times I eat brisket. I, I find that tallies can just be so nice and comforting. There's something about seeing a number or <laughs> like checking off a box that just feels, yeah, comfort. It's safe. It feels like really nice to just, I don't know, notice something every day as silly as that might sound in terms of like intentions though I mean eating tacos and tallying them certainly isn't <laughs> something intentional and I was thinking about when Scratch was talking about intention setting and something that he said about having the intention to just live a healthy life <laughs> or a healthier life there's something so nice about that because I think the beautiful part about it is that it's not like I'm gonna run x amount of miles this year or I'm gonna you know, commit myself to getting this kind of muscle or whatever, or I'm going to make sure I eat salad this many times a week, whatever things that we often like tell ourselves we're going to do and then don't do. That's like the oldest New Year's cliche in the book resolutions that you're going to fail. Like we've seen those headlines every year, a hundred times. We all know them. It's like nothing new, but I think there's something so lovely about thinking about just starting over, starting a year and being like, okay, yeah, whatever. My intention is that I will be better about change. And that doesn't mean that every time something changes or there's a big change in life that 
if I don't meet it and be like, yeah, I'm totally cool with this. I'm accepting of it, that it's a failure. It just means, nope, got to learn next time, figure out a way to move forward. And I think that's like the nice thing about having an intention, whether it's your intention for the year or just some intentions that get you through life, like day to day. And I have a lot of good intentions and I try and live by them or in yogic terms, live intentionally. But that doesn't mean that I don't fail (laughs) also sometimes. (laughs) Like I live with the intention, for instance, of being environmentally friendly as I possibly can be. However, there are many moments when I accidentally throw something in the trash can that could have been recycling. And I will own that. I, and I'm sure I imperfectly compost sometimes. So it's just trying to find those ways to be like, I'm doing these things with intention and sometimes I will screw up and that is okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think being okay with those screw ups is so important, but I have to tell you, so tangent related to eco-friendliness and flossing. Yeah. So I basically, when I started flossing earlier this year, I had built up a big supply of like free floss that you get from the dentist that I never used. Mm. So I worked through all of my back stock. And then last week I was like, oh, I need to buy a new floss. I'm like actually through everything that I already had just kicking around in my bathroom drawer. And then I went down this super deep rabbit hole about eco-friendly floss because even though it's a small footprint, apparently it's really bad for the fish. So I was like, okay, since I have to buy new stuff, let me try to make an earth-friendly choice. So I went down this rabbit hole on eco-friendly floss. And then I finally decided what I was going to get. And long story short, I was trying to avoid Amazon, but I ended up on Amazon again. And then I added it to my cart and I was like, Okay, so now I'm going to have this Amazon box shipped to me with my eco-friendly thoughts. This feels really wrong. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So I had to wait for our cart to fill up a little bit more before I could actually hit purchase because I was like, I'm not going to just have floss shipped to me. That's absurd. But it arrives tomorrow and I will let you know how it goes. And I have not flossed for five days because I've been waiting for my floss. And I've so actually me. a little bit stressed about it because I've really turned it into this habit that's part of my identity. I was going to say, I was going to say that must be really stressful. And I was going to say what you're telling me is that you're like basically about to jump into 2021 in a big flossy way. <laughs> you're going to feel so <laughs> exactly. crazy from not being able to do it for five days. I know. My little check marks are not green. And it's oh. like pretty stressful. I don't. Oh God, check marks. I've always known that I like a gold star or a check mark. I know that I'm one of those people that are really driven by those kinds of things, but I did not know how much I was driven by that stuff until my husband, Casey, started making me race training plans. And the simple act of printing them out and putting them on our wall, putting them, I don't, that was a weird, sounded so weird, putting them on our wall in our kitchen. And every week he would have me go through my Strava and update him on whether I did my weekly mileage, my weekly elevation. I had like foam rolling tasks and all kinds of recovery stuff and strides and whatever's in his little spreadsheets for me. And every week we'd sit there and we'd go through it. And if the numbers were off or did not match up, then he would give me um, a green 
for go. Yeah, you did it. Great job. A yellow if it was almost there, but not quite. And a red. And oh, I hated those yellow and red. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them so much. I will go to great lengths to avoid them. And yeah, it's very satisfying to just get those little check boxes. And at one point during the training cycle, which my race didn't happen like everybody else this year, I was in this really hard week. It, it I had so much elevation on the spreadsheet and I, I felt pummeled. I was like, I'm doing so much running and I'm running up so many hills this week and I still have so much more to go. And I was venting about it and complaining and feeling sorry for myself. And he turns around and he was like, and you could just not do it, not do it. If you don't do it, you're the only one that's going to know. And also whatever, you'll just get whatever on your spreadsheet and it's fine. You just don't have to do it. And I was like, what do you mean? I just don't do it. How could you say that? (laughs) Do you not see the green, the yellow and the red? I want to be in the green. And I'm like, I, I was like, five, super, like this makes, this kind of thing makes me super crazy. But ultimately I think that's a good motivator. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Oh my God. Just having um, it where you can see it every day and be reminded. Mm-hmm. Of my stars, my little gold stars or my green marker really. Yeah. We're, that'll be taped to my, kitchen very soon. Um, going to be starting again next month in late January. So I'm sure I will be updating you on my green checkmark frustrations in the coming year. But uh, yeah, I miss it. This, I miss having that. Is this the same race? Just new year? Yeah. Same, same race. race, new year. Um, very terrified of this particular race. I think I may be a little bit out of my league, which is okay because I have failed before. And if anything, in 2020, I'm like, bring it, failure. <laughs> bring it, tough, like whatever. And yeah, I'm a little terrified, but I'm also excited just to, I don't know, get through the, especially get through the training cycle and just see if I can even do it. I think that's half the battle is just, can I actually fit this in, get all this done and still be have it working, have a job and have a kid and have a life. And so that always feels like a really nice accomplishment, even if, However the race goes, I have to always remind myself of those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you for stepping into a new cycle and hopefully getting to actually cross that finish line this year. <laughs> yeah. Or at least cross the starting line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I was once told by a friend of mine who is also an ultra runner, like I said something like if I finish and he was like, don't say that you don't go into the race saying that. And I got like a huge lecture how I do say when I cross. So I guess I need to manifest it. Do it. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do instead of intentions. Let's just that it's, I feel like it's really Instagram, like trendy people who are like out there coaching your life and whatever they want you to like manifest all the things. So maybe that's what we need to be doing. <laughs> just manifesting okay. what we want. I would like a plate of cookies. Thank you. Actually, that's not true. I have a few plates of cookies in my kitchen right now. So. Oh, I want some cookies. We're I cookies. would give you some. I have so, we have so many cookies right now from holidays. It's insane. I actually do want lunch, but I really don't actually need cookies. I always want cookies, but I have cookies. So that's a silly thing. 
Okay, let's close out this episode with some intentions we're going to manifest or something. Let's see. Something I would like to manifest. (laughs) I... I think I talked about this in unimportant, important news, but what are the things, one of my intentions that, or whatever manifestations is I want to get into a better habit of better communication more often than having to have big conversations when shit hits the fan. Hmm. And I would like that to manifest itself into my life. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Mine is much more concrete, but here's what I'd like to manifest in 2021. I want to do special weekends with each of my family members. So have a special weekend with Nathan, have a special one-on-one weekend with each of my kids. It's something I did. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is why I need to manifest it. The last time I did this was I took Mac to your hundred mile race in October of 2019. And we had a special girls weekend and it was such a great weekend. It was so fun going to your race and it was such a good weekend for the two of us. And I've been meaning to implement that with both of my kids now that Levi is big enough that it might actually make sense for us to do that. And 2020 happened and I didn't manifest that. So this year I'm actually going to manifest that and make sure I get at least some kind of one-on-one special time with each kid. I love that. I should do that. That sounds like lovely. Yeah. I I think I need, maybe I just need to think of these times where I get a lot of extra QT with Colby as special time with him versus, oh crap. (laughs) Like I'm overloaded with kid care. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a reframing that I need to take into the year. And because sometimes I like get tired of hearing myself vent about, Yeah. (laughs) Childcare. Sometimes I hate that I like spend so much time venting about that sort of the cycle of parenting or like when you have to parent for a really extended period of time without breaks. And I wonder sometimes if I reframe it in certain situations, if it would be more enjoyable because parts of it can be enjoyable, but sometimes, yeah, it just feels like a lot and overwhelming. Yeah. I just need to reframe it and make it like a special time. Yeah. Which I've done with my 4 p.m. hour. Yeah. I feel like the change of scenery is so critical too for really making it a special time. Yeah. Because we've all been home so much. For me, it's really hard to create that magic even within myself to be like, this is special time. Yeah, it is hard. It's really hard. And yeah, when you're all on top of each other already it just feels like extra hard and sometimes a little bit painful to be honest and yeah yeah but I think another thing that's important as I think about maybe reframing the way I think about either weeks when we don't have as much support and reframing my approach and thinking about it as extra time I get to spend with my kid or whatever I think reframing my approach with myself because I think it's really easy to feel like, oh, I'm failing this week because it's been so hard. So I just flipped on the TV and I just was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) And I beat myself up over it sometimes where I'm like, oh, you turned on the TV again. You're the worst parent. And yeah, I got to get over it because I think he'll be fine if I turn on the TV more evenings than I want to. (laughs) Yeah, I have those feelings too. I completely (laughs) understand those. 
And then some nights when I'm like, oh, I just want to turn on the TV. I just want to turn on the TV. Some nights when I make it to bedtime without putting them in front of the TV, I'm like, yeah, girl, look at you. That was a huge victory. (laughs) (laughs) I celebrate that shit. And also I'm really working on not feeling guilty when I do just turn it on. Oh, maybe we should manifest that trying to feel, have less guilt overall. Cause God, it's, I know we talk about this a lot, but it's just so, it's so prevalent, the guilt, or at least for me. And I don't want it. I try not to, but it's impossible to not have some at certain times and to feel it really hard. And I don't know, and to question yourself, am I just being selfish? I'm turning on the TV because I don't want to engage. (laughs) And then sometimes, (laughs) isn't it okay to be selfish a little bit? Don't we all get that grace and permission to have that time to see the inner workings of my mind where Mm -hmm. I needed to finish something for work and I just felt like I can't, I'm not going to be able to get this done and I just can't stay up. I'm so tired. And it was one of those kind of evenings and I was like, fine, it is the TV it's on. And yeah. And I feel like I should just be like, that is called problem solving. Bam. (laughs) Instead of, yeah. Instead of you're the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe that's what we need to manifest turning those moments when you problem solve so that you can get sleep and take care of yourself. And so you can also take care of your family. Look at that as problem solving versus parenting failure. That's what we should try to manifest. Okay, let's be problem solvers. Let's stride into this new year as the problem solvers, the guilt-free problem solvers that we are. I like it. Let's do it. (sighs) Bye, 2020. Fuck you, 2020. See you never. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shiny Objects. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate you leaving a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. And please check out our sister podcast, The Activist. That's active with an E-I-S-T. Thanks for being here and see you next time.